Welcome to the Not So Simple Life. Meet your hosts, Kylie Vanami and Sophie Longford. These two fashion models are talking all things wellness, beauty, fashion, and all the not so simple things in between. Let's get into it. Hello to our not so simple life family. We have got a gem of an episode in store for you all with our amazing guest, Bailey Stanworth. She is a total girl boss and has so much good info to share with all of us today, so you don't want to miss it. Bailey is the founder of Play Digital and is a co-host on the podcast, What Day Is It? She is a master of all things social media and digital marketing and is just sharing so many tips with us that we all need to know to thrive online. She's been mentored by Lauren Bostic from The Skinny Confidential. We love that for her. And we're just looking forward to diving on into this today. And we think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. She really does it all. And she is also a very proud dog mom. And as you all know, Kelly and I both have little puppies, which are driving us absolutely insane, but we're just completely obsessed with. And I looked up Casper's star sign today and guess what he is. I'm excited. What is he? He is a Taurus, of course, just like my girl. Just like his Aunt Kylie. I love that (laughs) for him. Oh my God, is he stubborn? He's so stubborn. He's very loving. Well, you know, this is so freaking weird. So I'm just remembering. So Aspen's birthday is February 11th. Hang on. Let me look this up. No, no, no. Don't tell me she's a. Is that Aquarius? Wait, Feb. Feb 11. Horse. I'm, I'm January, but I'm pretty sure that is Aquarius as well. That that's gonna be fucking weird in aquarius oh my Stop god it. that's actually so fucking weird wait it makes sense because she's batshit and you're batshit <laughs> you sound great on the show but we all know bts soph <laughs> is a little batshit yeah whatever that's actually crazy though so my puppy is a taurus like you and your puppy is an aquarius like me I mean, come on, if the stars not align. Oh my God, this is so so great. Well, some other topics that we dive into, we'll talk about mental health and social anxiety. And I'm cracking up because as we ended this episode, you guys won't hear this, unfortunately, the recording had stopped, but we (laughs) dived into what we do when we feel a little anxious. And my girl, Soph here, does a little nervous laugh. Can can we hear a little nervous laugh, Soph? (laughs) (laughs) we love her we love that's what it sounds like as we're ending this episode and saying goodbye Sophie dropped a little nervous laugh but this is why I love our show (laughs) we're just talking about our quirks and the things that get us and you know we're not ashamed of it and Bailey's not ashamed of what she goes through and so it's a good conversation that I think so many of you guys are going to relate to as well She also gives us some holiday gifting ideas. Sophie, what are your holiday plans? Going to be with the family. Going to go back to England and do a lovely little cozy countryside Christmas as per usual. Mm. I love being by the fire and having red wine and just being with the whole family and all my puppies and everything. It's just like so nostalgic. But what are you doing? You going back with the fam? Going back with the fam, heading to Texas just before my dad's birthday, December 15th, which is actually pretty early. I celebrate Christmas early there and I come back to New York Christmas Eve, spend it with Dustin's family, and then I'm doing two weeks in St. Bart's. I'm so excited. I spent every New Year's there, but last year when I lost Harlow, unfortunately, we didn't make it. So I'm very, very excited to get to that. And we've been working very hard for you guys. We have been cramming it in 
this month in November so we can enjoy our holidays while also having content to release for you guys. And I wanted to bring this up because I think it's important for us all to really grind it out this month before the holidays so you can really unplug and just be with family and friends and remember the reason for the season in December. And it's not about working like crazy. So get done what you need to get done. Productivity in November and early December is essential. Yeah, definitely got to prioritize family time and just switch off every now and then. And Christmas is the perfect time to do that. But New Year's is a funny one for me because I don't know about you, but I always find that the day of New Year's Eve or the night of New Year's Eve is always such a letdown. I always hype it up so much and get so excited for it, always make big plans. And then when it actually comes to it, it's a disaster. Something always goes wrong. When I wasn't in St. Bart's, I could agree with that. In St. Bart's, it's always an amazing New Year's Eve. But what I have committed to this year, I, like you said, am always hyping it up and actually give myself a little bit of anxiety the days before. Like I have to go to the best party with the best Mm -hmm. people, with the best outfit, doing the best things. I got to like have the best night of my life. And usually it's an amazing time, but I'm not wasting those days before New Year's stressing about it. And I'm just going to let the night roll out how it rolls out because at the end of the day, if I get to bed a little bit earlier and have a few less drinks because I wasn't at the best party and all of St. Bart's, I'll love waking up feeling a little more sober and not hung over anything. You know what I mean? I just think like it is one of those nights that we all hype up so much and like just let it roll out how it rolls out, guys. I'm going to do that this year and I hope for anyone else who can relate to this, you can do this too because January one is a brand new year. So however you spent your night before, it doesn't matter because you're starting fresh. Yeah. I just think the expectations is way too high when it comes to all these things. Like even Halloween is always hyped up and then it always ends up being like a little bit of a disappointment. So I'm going to keep my expectations low this year and just see what happens. And just like, you know, spontaneous nights are always the best nights anyway. So like, I'll just plan my New Year's Eve last minute and see what happens. And Hopefully it all turns out for the better, but we have so much coming at you in this episode and we get into so many amazing topics. So I don't think we should waste any more time here. We should get into this interview with Bailey. Let's do it. All right, you guys, we are joined by Bailey. Thank you so much for hopping on today and being with us. We cannot wait to get into this with you. Yeah, I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. Sure. Let's start this episode off with having you introduce yourself to our listeners and sharing a little bit with them about what you do in the podcasting and digital media world. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm Bailey Stanworth. I'm Canadian. I'm out on the West Coast here in Vancouver, British Columbia. Proud dog mom, but what I do for work and on the day to day, I am a podcaster. I'm a co-host of What Day Is It Podcast, and we really focus kind of on like mental health, pop culture, lifestyle, dating, like kind of anything and everything. And then I also have a media agency. I call it a creative culture because we're really into like branding, helping smaller brands grow their businesses. We do like social media management, influencer marketing, graphic design. And then I also kind of just do my own thing on the side. So it's like a very diverse situation over here. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we just saw your sweet little pup walking by. So cute. We're both big, big dog lovers here. Can you tell us all about Play Digital and what this career journey has been like for you? Yeah, for sure. I started Play, gosh, three and a half years ago now, which seems longer but shorter at the same time like I don't really know how it feels to be honest but I was working in the fashion industry I've worked 
I've never been like a server. I feel like that's a very common job is to have worked in like the restaurant or hospitality industry. And I never went that career path. I was always in retail. So I was working for a fashion company here in Canada and I started with them right kind of when Instagram started and I had no idea what I was doing, but I was like, I feel like this is going to be a thing. Like, let's jump on it. Let's get the brand on it. And I was like posting photos of my dog to the page, like really didn't know what I was doing. But eventually, like I kind of grew with them and started doing all their marketing, all of their social media. And I really saw a gap in the market for an agency to work with smaller brands, ones that weren't able to just throw money at the wall and kind of hope for the best with PR. Like there's so much value in that, but I find that it doesn't help the 24 year old who was looking to grow her side hustle. Mm -hmm. And so when I started to play, I really wanted it to be an agency that could support brands of all sizes. And so that's really our foundation still to this day. We will work with bigger companies who have a bigger scale or a bigger budget, but I'll also really tailor our packages and our services to support that person who is maybe working a nine to five, but also wants to start growing and seeing a bit more scalability for their side hustle. Well, did you always feel like you were an entrepreneur? Because I feel like that's a very common thing for people to say that they always were this way, but regardless whether you were or you weren't, I want to know what you feel like is just some necessary qualities that anyone who wants to be an entrepreneur like has to possess or has to at least teach themselves to like have these qualities. Yeah, for sure. I think I did like in a weird way. I didn't at the time really realize maybe that's what it was. I just didn't love taking directions from other people. And I think that's a common thing with entrepreneurs. Like you kind of just really are adverse to rules and direction. But I never knew this is what I would be doing because obviously it didn't exist. And I've always been very creative. So I think that those two things really allowed me to step into being an entrepreneur. There's definitely skills that I've had to build over the years. And I think one of the biggest ones that I think anybody who wants to have their own business needs is resourcefulness and like problem solving skills because things are always going to go wrong. Mm -hmm. And I really had to let that go because I'm very type A, like perfectionist. And I used to think of things as black and white, like it had to be done perfect or not done. And now I'm like 80% done is better than 0% done. So I think that you just kind of have to be resourceful, use what's around you, be scrappy, be gritty. And honestly, I always just say like, start. That's just the biggest thing is like, just get the ball moving. And so, yeah, I think just waking up and showing up every day is like literally the key to being an entrepreneur. Yeah. And I want to talk about your success in the influencing world as well. And one topic that our listeners are always curious about is how influencers work with brands and how these collaborations kind of come about. So would you mind sharing with us a little bit about how that process works? Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I'm on both ends of it. Like with my agency, we help set up brands with influencers. And then I also do like my own personal. So like I definitely see both sides, which I think is so valuable for me personally. But yeah, like if you're a micro influencer, I feel like that is such a market right now. And a lot of brands, there's so much value in working with micro influencers. So when I was in that space, I would do all my own outreach. Like I have management now for this, but I think one thing that often gets overlooked is if you're starting out and you want to work with brands, be personable add value like don't just ask for something I can't tell you how many times I've seen our brands just get a DM saying from an influencer just saying 
can we collab? And I'm like, mm. okay, <laughs> like how many of these do you think they get? Right. So show what you're capable of. Like if you are already using the brand, for example, like I saw an influencer do a really good job with this with Summer Friday. She was already using the face masks, traveling with it. And they reached out to her and were like, we want to pay you for a collab because your content is amazing and you organically fit the brand. Like you already love it. So brands do have eyes on these things. And I think just making sure that it is authentic and you're not just like pitching any brand just to get a deal. Like tell them why you love them. Tell them what value you're going to bring. Share your insights. Like say, hey, like Summer Fridays, I have a 98% female audience. Like let's talk about the value that I can create and how can I help you? Like what campaigns do you have coming up? What is the verbiage and the content that you need created right now? Like how can I help you? I think that is the biggest question that influencers are not asking. Yeah. And I think it's so important to be authentic as well when you are collaborating Mm -hmm. with a brand, because if you're selling something that you don't truly believe in, everyone's going to pick up on that and they're not going to feel the energy through your content. We work with a brand called Cured Nutrition who we were obsessed with. And the reason we partnered with them is because they saw how much we loved CBD and how much we were so involved in this product that the partnership just like fell into place so perfectly. And I think it's so important to find the right people to collaborate with and not just collaborate with anyone. A hundred percent. And those ones are usually the ones that create long-term partnerships, which is really honestly where it's at. Like I would way rather work with one brand for a year than work with 20 brands in one year. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So when you say pitching a brand. I feel like people would like to hear like more micro details about this because for example, let's say someone's using a product, posting a product, it's part of their everyday routine and they do want to work with this brand. When you say pitching, is it reaching out to certain emails? Are you looking online for a certain person? Are you putting together like a little pitch book? Like what would you say you see the most often with your brands that is working? Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I live a lot in the DMs and that's where I've, I guess, started a lot of collabs. It definitely transitions to emails, but I find that emails often get overlooked. And I feel like if a pitch is just a bunch of text where it's not easy for someone to click and really get to see you, I feel like we're all, not all of us, but majority of us are very visual, especially with the platforms that we're working with now. Like when we see something, we kind of connect with it a bit more and quicker. So I love the DMs because it's a quick way someone can access your profile, see more of like what you're doing. But within that DM, like I definitely wouldn't be afraid to share a bit about like who you've worked with before, why you specifically want to work with that brand and do not make your pitch sound copy and paste because I think everyone knows it's going to be copy and paste, but like you want to show that you have actually like put in the effort of like knowing about this brand, why you're reaching out, like have that why. And then if you are using the product, like if you've put up posts about it, then show the insights from it. If you've done stories and you have kind of that, those, that information to back it up, send it to the brand. They love seeing that. So if you posted a face mask and it had 300 link clicks, then like include that because that's value right there. And that's going to show them exactly what they're going to get if they work with you. So what do you think the future of influencing looks like? It's obviously such an ever-changing industry. Like I was actually just thinking the other day, like it is so crazy. I'm just doing reels all day long, not creating Mm -hmm. them. I wish we were better at creating (laughs) them, but I'm just like scrolling through reels all day long. And it's like, 
whatever happened to still photos? I feel like they're not as important anymore. Do you see anything upcoming in the future that may really help someone stand out if they were to hear about it now? I know. Honestly, I feel the same and I am like always trying to keep up with it myself. I think video is obviously having a huge moment right now and I don't think that's going anywhere, but like it is so much work and I struggle with this too because I'm just like, I don't know how this is going to be sustainable to like produce a video every single day. Mm -hmm. And I personally, I still love a good static photo. I find a lot of inspiration in that. I think you connect a bit more with a video. So I try and like put both into my feed and into the brands that we work with. But I think storytelling is really going to become a thing. I think series are really going to become a thing. So if you are working within the video or the reels or TikTok or whatnot, I think like developing a series that you can be known for, whether that's like an outfit of the week or like three ways to style something as an influencer, or if you're a brand, like having something that you come back, like your new arrival series every Monday, like just something that can be familiar for your audience. I think that really is going to be a trend we see continue. But in terms of like new content, honestly, I don't know. I am so curious. I think we might see a lot more like kind of crossover and platforms in weird ways. Like I think podcasting is going to move into a bit more of like the real space almost. So yeah, I'm, I'm really curious too. What do you think about transparency? I feel like that's another thing we see so much of that people are really resonating with. Yeah. I mean, personally, that was something when I shifted that on my platform, I almost felt like a better connection with myself and my relationship with social media and my audience. Um, I definitely thought for the longest time I had to be like this Pinterest girl or like do something that someone else was doing. And that was how I was going to really thrive on social media. And as much as I love a beautiful aesthetic photo and I still pop those up, like I do genuinely love it. I've really had to like come back to my why and I love talking about mental health on my platform. I love showing the behind the scenes of things that people maybe aren't highlighting. And I think that transparency isn't going anywhere and the connection with that because the more social media takes off, I feel like the more disconnected we almost become with each other. And we crave that transparency because we're not seeing it as much. So I, yeah, I know for myself, it's been a game changer. Were there any specific reels or TikToks that you posted that went viral? Because that's also a thing I'm noticing with TikToks and reels, as opposed to when I just posted a picture on Instagram, it's so much easier to go viral and to suddenly wake up with like 500,000 views on a video. And you're like, where the hell did this all come from? Like, are there any specific ones that you posted that went viral? And what were they? Yeah, I had a TikTok recently go viral, but it's like not deep. (laughs) It was my Halloween costume. It's always the most random ones. Yeah. Okay. So you guys know the Skims, the Courtney and Megan Fox photo shoot. So I did that with my dog. Oh, I love that. That went viral. (laughs) But I think a video definitely does have an easier chance of going viral because I find it doesn't take as much attention in a weird way. Like you don't have to read a caption. And I think for someone's post to go viral, you have to really already like really be engaged with their content. You have to spend the time reading the caption. And then after all of that, you have to want to share it. Whereas like a video, 
you can get like within that within that first three seconds the hook like if it's we're seeing so many right now with taylor swift's album coming out of like people preparing for this 10 minute all too well song and like the second i see one of those i'm like i gotta send this to my friend who loves taylor swift like it doesn't take that much time to really connect to the content versus a photo i feel like you have to spend a bit more time to connect yeah and also if any of your content has dogs in it then it's way more bound to go viral like I know oh, 100%. Me, anytime <laughs> I post a video with my dog it goes everywhere same yeah. I can make Aspen viral but I can't make me go viral <laughs> yeah, for the, the life of- going on but also I don't try as hard at all on her content yeah. just take a video of her running around and pick yeah. a good song whereas me I'm like okay how do I look what can I wear is the lighting good and I think there's something to be said for that it's literally all the ones that are like I'm just gonna take this and not think anything about it put it up and then you're like oh okay 500k it, <laughs> it works <laughs> it works well let's talk about your podcast journey because as we know you have a very successful podcast and everyone listening on here obviously loves podcasts because they're listening to one so what has mm-hmm. been the best part of podcasting versus any of your other online platforms connection and just like the energy exchange and the depth to the conversations so I had a podcast with my past job before I started play and that was like my first like dive into the podcast world as a host and quickly learned it so much work didn't think it was going to be like that and then when I left that job I obviously left the podcast and I was like I I'm not going to do another one like it's just way too much work but I kept coming back to the conversations and just like the things that I learned that if I was not doing a podcast, I would never have those those heart to hearts or those like energy exchanges or learn some of the things that I was. And I think that it's honestly helped me grow so much just on a personal level too. So that is truly why I do it at the end of the day. I miss doing it in person so much, but I also am really grateful that virtually it's opened up connecting with a lot more people. I just, I think there is something so, so special about being a podcaster. Oh my gosh, couldn't agree more. But you mentioned earlier how type A you are. I am the type A one in this relationship between me and Sophie. <laughs> so I'd love to hear how you and your co-host delegated your podcast responsibilities. And like, let's give our listeners a little insight into what it looks like behind the scenes, because I think it's an interesting process that only podcasters can understand. Yeah, it really is. So me and my co-host are best friends. She used to work for me. That's how we met. And then we started the podcast together on a working relationship. And it just kind of like has ebbed and flowed a lot. But I am very type A. And I've like personally been working on this because sometimes it just stresses me out and it's not beneficial. But with us, like she's really had to learn how I work and I've had to learn how she works. And it's great because like she does balance me out sometimes and reminds me to chill like some things don't have to be done right that second or like aren't as big of a deal as I make them out to be whereas like I've been able to help strategize a bit more like show her why some things are important but in terms of like how we delegate since the beginning we've definitely had like duties that we've both assigned and like taken ownership over like I do all of our Instagram like our social media feed and then Jackie does our stories so we've really tried to make sure that it's like an equal sweat equity within the podcast. It has changed over, we've been doing it for three years now. So there's been times where we've had to change that. But like for us, it's just honestly constant communication. And sometimes this slips and we can tell so easily when it does because 
we get stressed. We notice things don't perform as well. We notice the quality of the content isn't as good. And so we're like, okay, like we need to set a meeting and like reconnect and go through this because you do have to like constantly be talking about it. You can't just assume something. And I think for us, that's been a really big learning lesson is just like always sharing what we need to ensure that we can keep this as a long game because I don't want either of us to become resentful in a friendship or a business partnership. And we love doing what we're doing. So we're not in it to like just make some quick money off the sponsorships or anything. Like we're in it because we want to continue doing this. So we have to make it sustainable for the long haul. I think that's how you make anything work if you're going into business Mm -hmm. with a friend because like Kylie and I, we just learned from the get-go that we listen to each other. Like if we have any suggestions, we'll discuss it. We never just like shut each other down and we actually listen. I think listening is so, so important when you are doing a partnership. Otherwise, it's just not going to work and you're just going to get frustrated and and it's going to fall apart. So I think listening is key and just being patient with each other and listening to each other's ideas for sure. But like you said, the communication too. I mean, it took us a while to figure out like how important that was too. At one point near the beginning, I'll never forget this. I was convinced that I was doing way more work and Sophie was convinced that she was doing way more work. And we both just let it eat us up until one day, one of us, probably me, said it was something. you. And then she <laughs> explained how she was feeling. And then all of a sudden we were both like, okay, wait, we're actually good. We're both working just as hard as the other one. This, this is good. Good talk. Like you've got to communicate. Yeah. Yeah. I think that feeling is so common in partnerships because all you see is that what you're doing day to day. And especially I find like working remotely or away from each other or with the past year of the pandemic, I guess it's almost two years now, whatever. I feel like it creates more of a sense of isolation. So you are more inclined to feel like, holy shit, like I'm taking on so much. Whereas like the other person likely is feeling the same and doing the same. Mm -hmm. So it is like communication, honestly, no matter what in any aspect of your life is just so important. Yeah, for sure. Well, how do you and your co-host maintain like a balance between your friendship and your business to not let the two intertwine too much? Yeah, I mean, both of us know that if at any point like we're hanging out as friends, that comes first. Um, Like we plan trips together and we'll plan like dinners and we have like a very similar friendship circle so like that's really nice and we'll for sure bring up work talk or like if we have an idea like share it but we'll be like let's write it down and talk about it deeper at another time or like we both know we can say like not tonight and the other one's gonna respect that I think for us honestly the friendship just comes so naturally like we really are just such good friends that we've never had to try to be friends outside of work if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like it's just so natural we're always texting like we'll be talking about work but then also in the same thread like there's text bubbles breaking up about like reality tv and what show we're watching and like what housewife we're obsessed with or something so it's very very organic but we've had like times where we've really had to have honest discussions because we do want to put the friendship first and value that and make sure we protect it. Because sometimes when you are in business with someone, there's things that you have to say and you maybe don't want to when there's that friendship. But knowing, I think we've had to learn a lot about how to communicate with each other and like how someone else hears something, which has been a gift because I want to learn that. 
and like I said we are such good friends that we want to protect each other but yeah I think there's always going to be like that evolution of learning each other well if your friendship's not working obviously your podcast is not going to work so I think that's important that you're putting that first (laughs) but you know it's so funny for Sophie and I we were not that close when we started the podcast and I think we kind of liked that because we have built our friendship and our relationship while building our podcast. So it really helped us like learn what makes each other tick and like learn what works and doesn't work like simultaneously because we were becoming friends as we were building something. And I give props to anyone who was really close with someone that they went into business with or started something and like it's still working because I think that's a whole nother thing but I always recommend to people if they want to start something I'm like I tell them our story I'm like I think it was a good thing and I think it really worked honestly my story is pretty similar like Jackie only worked for me for about three months before we started the podcast together and I was just like I don't want to do it alone like the thought of like the whole reason I love podcasting is because I love connecting with other people. So I knew I wanted a co-host and we were obviously already like friendly, but I wouldn't have called us like best friends at that point. And doing the podcast together, I think really put us in, like, I don't know if maybe we would have been as close as we are if we hadn't started this together. And so, yeah, I completely agree. It's, it was a great way to do it because I don't think I could have done it with someone that I've been friends with for like five, six years. I just don't think it would have worked. Yeah. And if I did this with a friend that I was like way closer with before, there would have been too much contention, I reckon, and like too yeah. much standing your ground. But Kelly and I, we'd met like one time and we met at a casting and then she reached out to me on Instagram because we'd followed each other. So it was like literally like fresh friendship. But now I consider one of my best friends. So it's like crazy how it I just like that. grows from that. But speaking of podcasts, what was it like being the skinny confidential mentee what were some of the biggest takeaways you learned from it from Lauren and having a mentee in general yeah she's amazing I'm really fortunate that I've like kind of known her from a distance for years and she's just been such a supporter like you would think someone that busy is just like jumps on a call with you does like a mentorship and then like it's done but she was truly always there like every step of the way no matter what questions I had or like support I needed and I think something that was really valuable is she just didn't sugarcoat anything. Like she just gave it to me straight. And some of like the biggest takeaways, I like, I wrote a whole blog post on her on the skinconfidential.com and like what I learned. But I think for me in specifics to podcasting, she said never miss a week, which we have never done except for out of respect for Black Lives Matter when that movement was really at the peak. And then she said, get creative with your distribution. And I think this is something where a lot of podcasters have room for growth in because I see a lot of people put out their episode and then just never talk about it again. And for us, like we've really leaned into this. So we'll, if there's a new season of Vanderpump Rules airing and we had someone on from the show, like we'll redistribute that episode no matter how old it is. And mental health is always a topic for us. So like we're always redistributing those episodes and just like we're always getting new listeners. We're always having like new community engage on our social channels. So it doesn't matter when your episode aired. Like think of how many times you go back and you watch a TV series. Like that's essentially what podcasting can be. It's like this library of resources. You don't have to listen in order. So I like people always ask, where do you start with your podcast? Like, where should I listen? I'm like, whatever one resonates with you, like whatever title you feel called to. I'm like, you do not have to start anywhere. Like it's going to be different for everyone. And I also think in how you market your podcast, that 
counts as distribution. So like for me, anytime I go into an Apple store, I'm on those phones pulling up the podcast. I'm subscribing. I'm leaving up an episode. Like so the next person who comes up and like looks at the iPhones or the laptops has that there. They have to look at it. If we go and do like a podcast trip together and we're on our flight, we'll airdrop episodes to anybody who's around us usually gets declined, but like just get creative. I think that that's something that Lauren really, really taught me is to think outside the box. A podcast trip. What's that? Um, So like we'll go to LA and we'll record like four or five episodes in person with people because we do love like the energy of being in person. And if we can go to a city where we can make it worth it to like get some episodes in the queue, then we'll do that. Got it. Well, just what about having a mentor in general? Because I feel like it's something that so many people could benefit from. And it's something, honestly, Sophie and I have never had mentors either. And I keep hearing about people speaking about their life coaches and their mentors. And it sounds like such a moving thing. What was that relationship like? Is it someone that you're sending all your questions to all the time? Is it someone who you meet up with once a month and like just brainstorm ideas with? Tell us about just a mentor in general. What goes on there? Yeah, I definitely think it's so valuable. I think especially like even if you have entrepreneurs within your friend group, sometimes if someone's close to you, they don't give you the most direct or like honest answer. They can kind of want to protect you a little bit or they're limited to their experience as well. I mean, a mentor is too, but I think the biggest value with a mentor is having someone who is really just going to give you like straight facts and like not have that emotion attached almost and I think that can really challenge you and help you grow and scale in terms of like how it worked I think every single one is going to be a little bit different for me we did um because I don't live in the same city as Lauren we did once a month like FaceTime calls and just like I had a list of questions I would ask her she would answer honestly she would kind of like give me some homework things that she thinks we could implement that would really like help us grow within the next time I spoke to her and then we would kind of review it I would have some questions come up in between but like I don't think a mentorship is meant to have the mentor be this hotline you can call whenever I think Mm -hmm. that there needs to be like a level of respect and I think also it can't be used as a crutch to take away your resourcefulness I think you have to be able to still problem solve on your own and be creative and like accept those challenges so for me it was like working through things. And then if I really, really hit a roadblock or like wanted to know even just how I handled it, if she would have done things differently, asking those questions. So I think if you can still stay strategic, a mentor is amazing because you, it really is so valuable to learn from someone who's been where you are. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, your podcast is in the top 50 category for self-improvement, which is amazing, but we'd love to hear about some of the most moving practices in your life that help you become your best self. Yeah, it's been a very long journey for me and it still is one. Like I always say, I want my best days to be ahead of me, not behind me. So I think that really means I have to always be growing and learning, but things that I've really, really had to lean into is just like being with myself and listening to myself. I think that's something I avoided for a really, really long time, whether that was like just signals my body was sending me or like my emotions or things that I had fears about that I didn't want to really acknowledge. And so that's been quite transformative for me. 
as well as honestly letting go of that perfectionism because I was always trying to have a balanced life. We hear about the word balance all the time or just trying to do things how other people were doing them because it looked perfect or just always waiting to reach this peak. And I was like, I think we've all been lied to because I'm like, I don't think I'm ever going to get to that. So like, why am I causing myself all of this stress in the meantime when that's like basically 90% of my life and the peak is like maybe 5% of it. So I'm like, I got this backwards. So really learning to enjoy the day to day and just leaning into that versus leaning in to the outcome has been huge for me. I was just reading my daily laws book by Robert Greene this morning and today's law was the law of grandiosity and it's basically like quit looking ahead at reaching a certain point and what feelings you'll feel when you get there and like how miserable it is on the way until you reach that point because that point is so not a thing because we're always looking for the next point and Mm -hmm. so it's literally saying just that just enjoy where you are what you're doing and just work hard whatever it is you're trying to work for just work hard and focus on those moments rather than like the future moment I can't remember who said it and I want to say it was Dr. Joe Dispenza but I could totally be wrong but I remember hearing like we're living our lives either in the future or in the past. We're never present because we're always worried about what's to come next or where we should be or something we did that we could have done better. And that really stuck with me because it's like, I just want to enjoy and celebrate where I'm at. Like I look back and there's a lot of moments that I am like, oh my God, I was so miserable, but that was such a big thing. Or like, I really missed connecting with my friends on that because I was stressed about something else coming up. And it's like that thing that I was stressed about didn't even happen. So it was like a waste of time. And I just, I don't want to look back on my life in another five, 10 years and feel that same way. hundred percent. Well, we know that mental health is a huge topic for you and your podcast and something you speak with your co-host often about. So I want to talk about social anxiety because I know that's one topic that you have spoken on. And As someone who's podcasting and who's on social media, nobody would ever expect someone like you to have social anxiety because you're speaking and you're always posting. So can you tell us a little bit about your experience and how you've learned to manage this? Yeah, I think I'm still learning to manage it. I honestly also think that I've just like in the past probably year and a half, two years realized I have social anxiety. I just always kind of thought I was shy. And I know that probably seems very like people, I always say I'm an introvert and I'm very shy and people are like, no, you're not. And I'm like, no, I am. It's just, I'm comfortable talking in certain situations. Like I'm comfortable talking on a podcast, put me on a stage in front of people and like, I'm sweating out of every pore on my body, (laughs) but, or like even just introduce me to someone new and like eye contact is so hard for me. Like I just feel eye contact is like where I get the most social anxiety and I don't know what it is and I'm working through this in therapy but yeah I think it shows up differently for everyone and I think I growing up was told that I was very standoffish that I had a resting bitch face and I was like no it's just because like I don't know what to do with my body like I'm just uncomfortable and I've had to like learn kind of almost what my body is doing when I'm having social anxiety because I felt like I was unaware. And yeah, it's it's still a journey. Like I still to this day will meet someone and have like really awkward eye contact or like say something really awkward or like 
I don't know, sometimes my laugh changes because I feel uncomfortable or just like, it's interesting, like what our body's response is to anxiety. And I think more people have it than we know. Like, I'm sure so many people in your friend group have some kind of social anxiety. It may not show up in the same way that you have it, but I just continue to work through it because it kind of, again, goes back to this thing where like, I just want to enjoy my life and I want to keep growing. And like, the only way I think it's going to get better is to show up for myself. But like, also I really honor if there's a day I can't and I don't beat myself up for it because we're all going to have that. And I think that you have to also hold space for yourself and just kind of listen to when you feel okay to maybe challenge it and when you need that break. Yeah, we just did an interview with Trish Burles who spoke all about anxiety and it was like such an interesting conversation and a conversation that needed to be had because so many people struggle with it and it's so much mm-hmm. more common than we think. And I think talking about it is a coping mechanism. The more I talk about it, the more I hear other people talking about it, the easier it is to deal with. So I think it's great to just be completely transparent. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we also put value almost on different forms of anxiety or like how it shows up for people. Like if someone's having a panic attack, I think we're more aware of that or have seen it more. So we're like, oh, that's anxiety. But if you see someone on social media who maybe loves fashion and posts outfits and then they talk about how they're experiencing anxiety one day and you can't see how it's coming up for them in their day to day life, it's oftentimes received as like, how could you have anxiety? You have Mm -hmm. this amazing life. And it's so not the case. Some people internalize and they mask it and they have functional anxiety where they can actually get out of bed in the day. And that doesn't make it any less difficult to deal or live with. The eye contact thing is very relatable to me. I'm like (laughs) such an extrovert, actually. Like I can talk to a wall, I always say, but I don't have problem with eye contact until all of a sudden, for some reason, I notice it and then I'm stuck on it. (laughs) I feel like once it gets in my head, like I could talk to you at lunch for 30 minutes and then for some reason we had some eye contact that like struck me the wrong way and then I can't do it. And I just, I drink a lot. I usually like my water even, like I just like have to do something. Yeah such a thing but then once I stop thinking about it I'm fine but that was very relatable my anxious trait is nervous laughing I do it oh yeah I do with that everyone too. and it's like the words it's like <laughs> and it's like same when I have to edit our podcast I'm like okay Bailey you gotta just stop laughing when you don't know yeah, what to do <laughs> that's me luckily I edit it so I can get rid of all of that yeah. but it's a problem for me I want to get into uh topic that our listeners love because most of our listeners are female and so we love to get into a little bit of beauty and wellness so do you want to share with us a little bit about your beauty and wellness practices and what are your go-tos yeah I freaking love beauty and wellness okay so every morning I'm obsessed with ice rolling and this goes back to the skinny confidential I used to literally I started this because I love reality tv that is like actually kind of a wellness for me because it helps me turn my brain off yeah so I will usually in the morning like watch reality tv and ice roll my face but I remember I saw Sonia from Real Housewives of New York do this ice facial and I was like what is happening so I honestly started every morning rubbing a piece of ice on my face to like I get very puffy if I don't get like the right amount of hours of sleep or if I like have too much wine or like 
soy sauce with my sushi, like just something like I just really instantly get like eye puff. So this was helping me. But now that Lauren from the Skinny Confidentials come out with her roller, it's a game changer. So every single morning I love to just like sit down, have my coffee, either put on a good playlist or some reality TV, just something light to like wake up slowly, not get into work mode and just roll my face. It just feels so good. I also drink water because I just feel like that is the best beauty product that any of us can have sunscreen i love the i think it's called glow screen from Supergoop. it is the best the best it's like tinted and dewy and just love what foundation do you wear because your skin looks insane Oh, thank you. Um, Okay, so I've like literally just changed my entire makeup routine because one of my friends, Jada Marie Makeup, she just taught me everything. She's so talented. And so she got me onto the Dior Backstage Foundation. It's very light, but it still gives like great coverage. And I just don't feel like I'm wearing foundation. I freaking love it. And then the Charlotte Tilbury... I think it's called like airbrush flawless. It's like the compact of pressed powder game changer. It like eliminates your pores. I will be buying that for like the rest of my life. It's so good. I want to know some of your girls now. Kylie's like the skincare guru. I okay. beauty tips. Like I'm obsessed with my Maybelline lipstick. I wear it every day. It's like the 24 hour matte stay one. And because my lips are super pale naturally. So <laughs> lipstick always. And then for foundation, I wear the Estee Lauder double wear. Okay, that was what I was wearing before. So I do love that. Too. Okay, I do love it. It's got amazing coverage, but it's a little bit dry. So yeah. that's why I wanted to hear your suggestion. Try the Dior because honestly, I was like, I'm never giving up um, double wear. Like I love it, but I find it gives, it's like slightly a little less coverage, same staying power, but like it feels a lot better on my skin. Okay, I'm going to try it. I'm probably better in the skincare department than the makeup. But for makeup, I'm obsessed with Ilia Super Skin Tint Serum. It's like the tinted moisturizer of my dreams, but it's a serum and it's good for your skin. So like even on days when you don't want to wear something, you can throw that on there and like not feel bad about it because it's all it's got hyaluronic, squalene, all of the good things in it. But I literally can't live without CE Ferulic from SkinCeuticals. I will use that serum for the rest of my life. Okay, I've heard about this. I've never tried it. The first time I went to Blue Mercury, this maybe who knows how old she was. I would say she was in her 70s and her skin was insane. And she grabbed four of them off the shelf. This is a $150 serum. And she grabbed four of them off the shelf went straight to checkout, like didn't ask, didn't just kept moving with her serums. I'm like, okay, I'm going to try that one then. And I'm hooked. I love <laughs> Augustinus Bader, the rich cream. So good. It really gives you like a dewy glow. I like love it for really pump it on there. So I really get like a lot of shine. Those are like probably my go-tos and lip. I love, I love Tarte. I've been using it since like middle school. It's just, they're like little matte lip stains. So good. And I do the same. I kind of have an odd color to my lips too. I just like kind of put it on with my fingers. I always get teased for this product because when I travel, I still ask for it. I don't pack it, but I use olive oil or like grapeseed oil to take off my makeup so if I go to a friend's house I'm always like down in their kitchen at night I'm like can you give me some of your olive oil or like if I go to a hotel room I'll ask room service to bring up olive oil so I can take off my makeup but I swear it is the best thing that you can use instead of like makeup wipes like I just believe that less is more in that and so if you're listening out there, try it. I swear you've probably already got it in your kitchen. It takes off your makeup. It takes off everything. I remember one of my friends was like roasting me on Instagram for it. And like 
10 of her followers sent like their grandmas who used oil and like they were so youthful. So I'm going to say that that's my weirdest but best beauty hack. My auntie swears by olive oil and she's got good skin. Okay, JLo. (laughs) Well, for you and for anyone listening who wants more tips, we actually just released an episode last week with all of our skincare and beauty tips. We like dove deep. So you should definitely listen to that. But we always ask the same question at the end of our show, but I actually want to add on to this question just a little bit. So we want to know what are three products or gadgets that you can't live without. But before that, I'd also like to know what are three reality TV shows that you can't live without. If you could only have three of them for the rest of your life, which ones would you choose? I love and I hate this question. I'm like starting (laughs) to stress. Um, Okay. Love Island for sure. But UK. Yes. Oh, yeah. really? I yeah, love it's way US. better, Carly. Oh, Come it's on. way better. Have you okay. watched all the seasons? I haven't watched all of them. I've watched a few, but it's so good. Season three and season five are my favorites. So start there. Okay. Vanderpump Rules. The old days. Like, I would rewatch it, but that was up there for me. And then I think probably Housewives. Which city? I'm going to say New York because I feel like yes. they are chaotic, but like they've all been around for so long and they just have such different personalities and like I love them. Same. Which city would you choose, Sophie? Beverly Hills, right? Well, I've only ever watched the Beverly Hills one, so I'm biased, okay. but I loved it. You have so much room for opportunity. I here. know. But you know what? I get sucked into it so badly. Like I was fully obsessed. I watched the whole 10 seasons in like two months I don't understand the problem (laughs) you have to watch season one of Jersey though that's a very iconic iconic I keep hearing about Jersey and it's one I haven't watched I've watched Dallas I started Beverly Hills recently OC I'm obsessed with Salt Lake City this oh Salt Lake City New York but I have never watched Jersey and my friend is like a connoisseur of housewives and is like you are missing out but did you love old school OC I oh yeah like five seasons ago maybe it was like so so good Tamra and Heather that one's nostalgic to me like Vicky Tamra Heather that is where I I first fell in love it's like your first love like that that's my first love you know they don't have a good housewives in the UK the only thing the UK's got going for them is Love Island they're doing Dubai though we'll see oh my god that's gonna be interesting yeah Yeah, that will be interesting okay now three products sorry I could talk about reality TV forever (laughs) okay three products definitely my ice roller the hot mess ice roller I love a good pair of earrings honestly like I just always feel that makes me feel a little bit better even if I'm just wearing sweatpants or like a hoodie yeah agreed and then oh I love my five minute journal that in the morning is just like kind of sets my tone for the day like writing down the three things that I'm grateful for and like three things that I want to do and then like an affirmation so I think that just really has helped with my mental health I've been doing it for I think a year and a bit now and I love it is that the one that I see all over Instagram probably perfect for the aesthetic yeah okay love it I'm gonna get it I'm sold it's a great great holiday gift too like if you're doing um like a gift exchange it's only like 20 bucks and it's such a good gift that's a great idea and your episode's coming out just in time for holiday shopping guys I love that well we could dive into so many more topics and I know you on your platforms and with your co-host on your show dive into so many different things we want to let our listeners know where they can find you where they can listen to you let us know all of your socials 
Yeah, I mean, there's a few. So if you want to tune into the podcast, it's called What Day Is It? We're on all major platforms. On Instagram, we're at What Day Is It Podcast. My personal is Bailey JST. So B A I L E Y J S T. Bailey was taken, and Bailey S was taken by the alcohol company. Um, and then my agency is play digital on social media. We actually don't have a website cause I'm just always busy helping other people, but everything's linked in my bio. So if you want to check it out, that's kind of probably where you can find things. Yes. Make sure you go and check out everything she just mentioned. And Bailey, thank you so much for coming on here. It's been so much fun having you. Thank you. And thank you for giving us your time. Thank you so much for having me. Love, love, loved that conversation with Bailey Stanworth, guys. I hope you enjoyed it as well. And we are diving into our Q&A section. Thank you for submitting all of your questions. We see them all and we do our best to answer the best ones according to the episode we're listening to. So this week, what are three of your favorite Instagram pages to follow? Oh, that's a hard one. Well, definitely something dog related. So I love following the doggist. It's like this photographer who's based in New York and he goes around and he takes all these amazing photos of all the dogs he sees on the streets. Love this. This sounds so fun. It's so he's got like 4 million followers. He's huge. And he took a photo of Mally, my little husky, when she was a puppy. And it's like the best photo of her ever. It's like the best portrait. Mm-hmm. And there's just like the cutest dogs and you see all types of breeds. So definitely my favorite dog page. And then I love to follow Mimi because like she posts all these amazing things that are just like so motivating and uplifting. Like she posted this TikTok recently about how she did this like solo trip away. And I was so inspired by it. I was like, okay, I'm going to do a day all for me. I'm going to take myself for lunch, do all the things I want to do. And that was completely inspired by her. She's just a very uplifting soul and I love her meditations, everything. So that's number two. Mimi Bouchard, guys, it's such a good episode and her page is amazing for sure. I don't know. Off the top of my head, I can't think of a third one. There's just too many. So what about you? So I love good news movement. My God, it's just like little heartfelt videos of things that will make you feel good. You know, like a soldier returning home or someone saving a dog or like a grandpa dancing, like just so stinking cute and really does make you feel so good. I love... We talked about Lauren Bostic in this episode. I love following her page because it's so aesthetically pleasing, but like she just keeps it real. And I love people who keep it real on Instagram. And then really just anything bulldog related. Also anything Zodiac related. Yeah. I'm a tour and I love seeing like little memes that like make fun of me or describe my personality based on my sign because they're always spot on. I think glossy Zodiac is one of them. But yeah, I love pages like that. Love that. Well, number two is Christmas is coming and I don't know what to get my boyfriend. Do you have any ideas? Oh, it's tough. It is. Honestly, I'm brainstorming. I still haven't fully got there yet. But one thing I know I'm going to get him for sure is CBD from Cured Nutrition because he hasn't really experienced CBD. And who doesn't want to get a gift that makes them feel good? I'm getting him the little trio, Rise, Aura, and Zen from Cured Nutrition. And it is going to be on sale this month from certain dates that I can't remember off the top of my head. But if you're listening to this episode right now and you haven't tried CBD, these are our three go-to products. And just rush on over to curednutrition.com and see if they're on sale this month, 25% off. And also when this episode comes out, we'll put some links out because we have links. Definitely a good one. Well, an amazing gift because they just came out with a brand new generation is the Aura Ring. So I am obsessed with it. I have one. I'm wearing it now. And 
the new one tracks your menstrual cycle and well you know it is really important for your boyfriend to know when his period's coming oh yes sorry this is for boyfriends okay well if you have a girlfriend (laughs) then this is an amazing gift no but seriously it tracks other things though too tracks like your temperature so you can tell if you're coming down with something it tracks your heart rate at night and it just like does all these incredible things tracks your calorie burn throughout the day so amazing amazing gift i know so many guys are obsessed with it and also workout equipment i don't feel like you can go wrong with that like any weights or protein shakes or whatever it is that's going to get your guy in shape i know they always appreciate that and cologne that's always such an easy one but i I don't know an aura ring's like a good big gift i gotta find a big gift i haven't gotten there yet sos i can relate i don't know what to do either but (laughs) That is a wrap on this episode. Thank you all so much for tuning in. If you have not gone to Apple Podcasts and clicked that subscribe button and left us a rating and review, we would so appreciate that. It's the best way to support our show. And if you can't get enough of us, then we are on Instagram at The Not So Simple Life. And we post so much good stuff on there, so you don't want to miss it. And until then, we will see you next Tuesday with a brand new episode. 